is Touch judges are Players are lined up, microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational The Ruck. FX Pro Super Rugby. Support your team. Get to the game. It's Rugby Supercharged. Ah, yes. Matty Burke, Tim Horan here. Dan Ganane filling in for Tony Squires. And a cold night in Canberra. But boy, oh boy, it's just hotting up now in the Super Rugby. After last night's finish, the Brumbies having a chance to pretty much ice the Australian Conference after the siren. Well, the crowd will tell us Zach Holmes to win it. He's missed it. Out to the right it goes. Quake Cooper throws it into the crowd. And the Reds have won it. They've won the Rod McQueen Cup. They've gone back-to-back in Canberra for the first time. So, 13-12, uh, the Reds winning uh, at uh, Bruce Stadium, Canberra Stadium. That audio thanks to Fox Sports. Maddie Burke, she's open right up now. It's only a five-point gap. It is indeed. Good morning, Dan. Morning, Timmy. It's um, It was a tough game last night. It's, um, you know, those, they always talk about these, uh, well, the Australian conferences anyhow being quite tight. There was a lot of kicking last night. I think, I think players didn't want to actually play with the ball. I think they got to that stage where they were worried about the referee. The referee blew an incredible amount of penalties uh, to start with. I know the boys on the on the um, on the audio were talking about there's a lot of a lot of probably maybe too much chat from the referee to the players. Sometimes the players just have to get on with it. But uh, a chance to win for uh, for the Brumbies. But they they sit in a nice spot still. If you look at the the next track of play of games that they play, perhaps on the easier side. So, uh, but. Don't write off Queensland. Don't write off the Reds, uh, defending champions. They're, they're pushing it to the very end. Now, you would have been watching that game, Tim, from uh, the other side of the country. Good morning. Yeah, morning, boys. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting game, wasn't it? Uh, it's, it's, I felt that there was nothing much happening. There didn't seem to be an atmosphere. and mm. I know it was a cold night down in Canberra, but I would have expected a sellout crowd for the Brumbies. They're you know, on top of the Australian Conference, and, and the Reds are uh, an exciting team who obviously won last year, and a bit disappointed in the crowd. Steve Walsh, the referee for mine, Really sort of spoilt the game. He's a, he's a lovely guy. He's a very good referee. Um, he just blew the pee out of the whistle. And, um, you know, in a game like that, which is going to be a showcase for rugby, and so many people would have been watching uh, for two teams. And you look at the way the New Zealand teams play and the way they throw the ball around and the width they get in their games. I was watching the Blues versus the Highlanders and, uh, you know, lowly play sides. But, gee, I tell you what, there was a cracking game compared to uh, a red side and a Brumby side, as you said, Berkey, just, I think, two teams just so fearful of losing a game. Well, uh, let's uh, bring in uh, the coach of the Queensland Reds because he's about to board a flight back to Brisbane. Ewan McKenzie, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we? Going well. First of all, the injury to James Horwell. What's the prognosis uh, the morning after? Oh, he needs to get a scan, but it's a hamstring injury, so um, hopefully not too bad. Probably around the the site where they took the hamstring, uh, piece of the hamstring to fix his knee. So uh, hopefully it's scar tissue and uh, not too bad, but I don't think he'll be playing next weekend. Um, but, but hopefully not too, not too dramatic. Link Berkey here. Uh, congratulations on the win last night, mate. It, um, it, we, you may have heard Tim and I just speaking, or speaking about it just then. It seemed very stagnant at, at stages there in the game. It didn't really get going, but in a way it was forward orientated though. Yeah, look, I think um, well, the Brumbies formula has been same every week, you know, they don't play any football in their half and uh, and, and they, they try and play and milk penalties and pick and drive in front of the post and, and that's how they do it and, and teams that 
run around in their own half, uh, get into trouble because the Brumbies defend well and they're pretty good at the breakdown. So well, we were determined not not to play that way. That that said, I thought we got off to a, a good start, but I think we had six penalties against us in attack in the first sort of 20, 30 minutes. So it pretty much stifles your enthusiasm to be, to be, <laughs> to be running because in the end, uh, we weren't getting any benefit for it. Every time there was a technical penalty around, you know, someone going off their feet or something or, or whatever, and uh, we didn't get any, any pay out of... Uh, out of the attack side of it. So it ended up being a, a conservative game where everyone basically didn't want to play any footy in their own half. And, Link, what about uh, Quade Cooper? He came back and played the, the whole 80 minutes. Was was your plan to get 80 minutes out of Quade? Or, I mean, last week he played 40 minutes uh, against well, the Lions. It was supposed to be 60, but the reality was there wasn't a lot of football. So, <laughs> um, uh, in the end, he stayed out there. So, um, you know, he, uh, the, the guys didn't rate. It was a physical, very physical game. But uh, in terms of pure running and ball movement continuity, there wasn't wasn't a great game in that sense. So the players are pretty um, still pretty fresh at the end of it. Well, you're chasing Link, aren't you? Um, you know the the defending champions, and uh, a lot of people sort of said, "Hey, uh, the start of the year, um, uh, it's going to be tough." Brumbies were out in front, but you're closing the gap, as we mentioned before. It's it's a um, strategically placed for the last couple of games coming through. Well, that's all we can do. We've just been trying to win each week in the last period of time. We're starting to build a bit of momentum. We've only got three games left. They've got four. All we can do is just keep the pressure on and, and hope they slip up. You know, we're just hopefully nibbling away. And uh, I believe we've still got to win our games too. So really, for both teams, nothing changes. You've just got to keep winning. You always, you always do. So, um, but we've created some pressure, which is good. The pressure uh, manifests, manifests itself uh, in different ways. They've been very good at home. And, you know, and obviously on the road. I think we saw last week, I mean, they went to the men played the Hurricanes and did really well. Um, and that's the difference. That's the point about the competition. You saw the Hurricanes clean up the Rebels last night, uh, but last week the Brumbies did very well against them. So on any week, anything can happen. So uh, you just got to play the, the competition out, and we'll see where everyone is at the end of it. Hey, Leek, what's your plan now? You obviously got uh, a bye um, this weekend, and then the boys, um, you know, majority of the of the Reds will obviously join the Wallaby camp, uh, the Wallaby forty man camp that'll be uh, announced today. And then, what, what's your plan during those three weeks whilst the um, players are away playing the test matches for the Reds? Well, we've got this week off. Uh, we've got four guys in the under twenties and the rest a bunch of the Wallabies, I hope. And then, uh, uh, then we've got to we'll play some club footy, and then we're going to play the Hurricanes uh, in the third week. Uh, on the Sunshine Coast, and then uh, we week off, and then we then we get ready for the Rebels. The problem we've got is that the Wallabies now in the 20s all arrive back on the Sunday, and we're going to play the Rebels the following Friday. So we really don't get as much as you got five week gap. You don't get any great lead in strategically to play the Rebels, you know, because all the players you want to use haven't even aren't going to be there. So. So uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. All right. Well, we appreciate your time. We know you got a, that flight to catch, so uh, go and jump on board. Thanks, Ewan. All right, guys. Talk- y- Get on your link. Enjoy that business class flight home. <laughs> there he is, you and McKen- Is there business class? Of course there is from Canberra to Brisbane. There, there must is, be. There is for the coach. Absolutely. There, <laughs> you see what happens though, isn't it, Berkey? When, when, uh, I remember our, one of our first trips when Rod McQueen um, was coach. <laughs> and, you know, everyone walks down sort of the... And I was wondering why Rod McQueen was um, waiting so far behind the team as we walked down the gangway and we all went right... And you look back and Rod McQueen just sort of turns left and sits up in business class. Like, it's the worst thing to do, isn't it, as a coach? Yeah, mate, it's player's game, player's game. And we yelled it out too. All right, let's take a quick song. When we come back, we're going to talk about the other Australian teams uh, in the Super Rugby, the Waratahs. Oh, goodness me. Again, they lose and they get the bonus point for the for losing by less than seven. It was a heartbreaker. 
The Force had a win. We'll talk about that after this. It is the the, the Ruck, your Sunday morning rugby show. This is The Ruck. Yeah, it's a Sunday morning rugby show. The Ruck uh, scores from overnight. The Cheetahs 35, the Waratahs 34, Sharks over the Stormers 25-20, the Force 17 to 11 over the Lions. You're at that one, Tim. Reds over the Brumbies 13-12, and then the other games Highlanders over the Blues 27-20, Hurricanes oof, 66, Rebels 24, and the Friday game Chiefs 28, Bulls 22. Makes it all worthwhile, Timmy, going over for that 10-hour flight, mate, doesn't it? To watch a 17-11 game, Western Force Lions. Oh, it was one of the worst. Well, it was a wooden spooners game. That's what it was. But uh, it was a good win for the Western Force. In the end, uh, David Pocock picking up a try, which was important. But uh, I'll tell you what, it was a long way to go for a game like that. Now, ironically, the Reds actually have a better record than the Brumbies at the moment. Eight and five, Brumbies seven and five. But the Brumbies have a swag of bonus points. Uh, and they're on 45 points. The Reds are on 40. Uh, and you look at the draws, very similar. The Brumbies, who hold their destiny in their own hands, they play the Rebels next week in Melbourne. Then the big break comes. Force in Perth. Waratahs at ANZ and the Blues, the Auckland Blues, at home. Now, mm. honestly, they should win all those games, Matty. It's, it's about them winning rather than or losing those games uh, rather than putting themselves in a predicament where uh, they're looking at the table and thinking, hey, we're going to get there. So, you know, they, I mean, these teams, I mean, Waratahs aren't going too bad. Obviously, they're losing games, but they're playing okay. But in, in saying that, they, um, they got dished up by the Brumbies, I think it was about 23 6 a couple of weeks ago. So, They'll be wanting to put as much pressure on those teams at the end as possible. The Blues are travelling terrible. I mean, they, they are just absolutely all over the shop. So it's the, it's for the Brumbies to lose, if you know what I mean. That's so. right. But also, now we've all assumed for the last few weeks that only one Australian team is going to get through. Well, the fact that the Brumbies and the Reds keep winning, particularly the Reds, they're, they're bridging the gap between mm. themselves and the other teams fighting for those uh, fourth, fifth and sixth spots. The Reds play, they've got the bye, uh, so we don't see them now for a month. Tim, they play the Rebels away. Again, you'd think they'd win that. The Highlanders at Suncorp, which might be the signature game, that might decide all the mm. all the bickies. And then, and then the Waratahs at Suncorp. So the Reds, even if they don't catch the Brumbies, conceivably, if they can beat the Highlanders, they might sneak their way in anyway. Yeah, they, yeah they're, they're a good chance. And I think that's what uh, all you and Mackenzie would be worried about is the Reds, they've got a bye, obviously, where they pick up four points next weekend. Um, so that'll get them a little bit closer. But the Brumbies, it's for the Brumbies to win, as you said, Berkey. It's uh, in their in their own hands. But the Reds against the Rebels, Highlanders at home will be a massive game for the Reds. And then the Waratahs, and you'd think they'd probably have to win all three of those games to be a chance um, to get it. So I, I would say now, with the Brumbies picking up the bonus point by um, winning, uh, losing within seven points last night, that, that bonus point is just going to keep them ahead of the Reds. It's just getting tight, though, isn't it, on, on the ladder as you look at it. Sharks, Reds, Hurricanes, 41-40-40. Um, Highlanders on the 44 getting the win last night. The, the, the Sharks being the Stormers. So no one's sort of no. you know, rising to the top. It's all getting bunched around that sort of 6-7-8 position. And the second... Yeah, I'll tell, you what the, I'll tell you what, those South African, the South African conference is just uh, it's probably the best footy that they've played, the Stormers and the Bulls. You, you play the Stormers and Bulls, if they finish one and maybe get a wild card, which they certainly will, mm. they're going to be so hard to beat at home. But and, and second and third in the New Zealand Conference play next week, so that, someone's going to have to lose that game and, yes. and drop some points. Anyway, it's all very complicated, but if the Reds win their last three, more than likely they'll make Just got to keep winning, don't just you? Just got to absolutely keep winning. More Ruck, your Sunday morning rugby show right after this. This is The Ruck.
Thank you, Powderfinger. The Ruck, your Sunday morning rugby show. Matty Burke, Tim Horan, uh, Dan Ganane filling in for Tony Squires. Um, you know, my bread and butter is YouTube blogs. Now is rugby league, not yeah. rugby union. And um, mate, you're well, getting you, you there. We're, 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 we're turning you, mate. We're turning <laughs> you, you dressed there, accordingly, though, today, mate. The scarf and the and the tweed with the patches. You're, you're really starting to turn. Please, <laughs> ever see me in a tweed jacket? Shoot me. Um, now, uh, being in Melbourne for Origin. Uh, you know, it uh, was, was fascinating, uh, particularly the Victorian sports minister, Hugh Delahunty, giving a wonderful speech. Have a listen. Thanks, Tony. Uh, can I uh, say a big welcome to the New South Wales and the Queensland guys that are here today? New South Wales coach Ricky Stewart, Captain Paul Callan. The first game of the <laughs> Queensland versus New Zealand. Oh, New Zealand, that's a good start. Oh, oh, oh. All rugby supporters, uh, rugby league supporters here today. It's uh, fantastic as Minister for Sport to welcome you here to this very special game, Queensland versus New South Wales in the State of the Origin match. I'm sure it'll be a fantastic event and all the best for the future. Thanks very much. <laughs> Actually, he did sound like Billy Moore, didn't he? <laughs> now, you blokes would be more familiar with playing in sort of foreign places where, uh, you know, it's, it's rare for league. Interpretation is foreign for league. But yes, Maddie, I'm sure this sort of stuff would happen occasionally in your game. It, it does indeed. Uh, I mean, you're talking about wrong names and that kind of stuff. I had a, I've, I've got a couple of um, a couple of crackers. Well, firstly, when I drive in here to to come to Triple M, I get Matt Brook on the uh, as I swipe the card. Welcome, welcome, Mister Brook, on the way through. So there's the first one. But a couple of years ago, now we're in Japan, and uh, and not many teams have gone through there. Wallaby teams, and we went there in about 2002, I think it was 2001, maybe. And we we're at the embassy, and uh, and a lady was trying to get the signatures. A Japanese lady was trying to get all the, the team signatures, and there was one to get, and it was mine. And she walked up to, uh, I think it was Chris Whitaker at the time, and she said, listen, I'm, I'm looking for, in her Japanese accent, which I won't do, I'm looking, I'm looking for Malcolm Buck. And he's looking and going, I don't think there's a Malcolm Buck here. But, and he showed the picture, and there I was, <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm Buck. Can you get that out of Matt Burke? I don't know. But from then on in, uh, affectionately, I got called by uh, Chris Whitaker and Nathan Gray as well as Malcolm. Hey, Malcolm, how are you? So I respond to that at the same time. But Marty Roebuck's had a few, uh, uh, Tim in his day, he's got um, a few change-ups as well? Well, it's interesting, uh, and Dan, you would probably hear it when you're at rugby league grounds, that the ground announcers, the, the ground announcers are the ones that, you know, in foreign countries that really have, a, you know, struggle to announce a different name. No, they're the Ma- ones that should know. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're, in, uh, we're in France, and, and Marty Roebuck um, scored, scored this try, and in, in broken French, this guy said, and it's a try to Marty Ruprecht. You know, so, <laughs> it's like it dirty, was, dirty rotten scoundrels. Yeah. <laughs> but just the, the the ground announcers, they they do get it wrong, especially in South Africa as well. And we and we struggle with the South Africans' names. Even last night, calling the uh, the Lions from Johannesburg, I had so many people contact me uh, via Twitter in South Africa because I, the pronunciations of these names like Fundalinda. Um, because it's V-A-N, but it's pronounced F-U-N. So, um, but the ground announcers, they're the ones who usually get it wrong. I think Marty also got, um, he got, uh, obviously got root wreck, he got rock wreck, he got, he got any kind of connotation that was a, a rock and a root at the same time. <laughs> so, uh, affectionately, uh, they become your nicknames after a while. All right, let's uh, take a quick break. We'll have more of The Ruck with uh, Timmy Horan and Malcolm Buck. <laughs> this is The Ruck. You're right, The Ruck, your Sunday morning rugby show. Uh, Matt Burke, Tim Horan. Dan Ganane in for Tony Squires. If you're just waking up, the Reds won the main game over the Brumbies 13-12. Uh, but the Waratahs, boy, oh, boy, it's just it's the same tune every week, it seems. 
They uh, led the Cheetahs. Now, the Cheetahs are a similar sort of team in South Africa, in mid-table towards the bottom of the, of, of the South African Conference. Uh, the Tars led 14-0, 34-21, but then got run down. Man. Mm. It just must be the most... It must be the most heartbreaking thing when you... They're not getting flogged in these games. They keep getting so close, and, and then the, they just can't get there. The thing about these games when you're playing in South Africa, and Timmy, you'd know uh, obviously well... Uh, two is that the speed from Johannesburg, Pretoria, and Bloemfontein, obviously the high, the high belt, you seem to play a bit faster. It, it seems to be, you seem to be that stressed that you play even faster. And last night was exactly that. I mean, 70 odd points scored in the game. Um, defense was still strong, but they were able to get five tries to four. Um, some great tries to uh, Tamani for the Waratahs. Uh, they got across a couple of times. Uh, Rob Horn gets a, gets over the, uh, the try line from a, a chip and chase from Ash, Adam Ashley Cooper. But then on the back of that, they're doing something exciting and, and, and outlandish as well. Strauss, their hooker, runs 40-odd metres down the sideline and, and scores yeah. the try. So it, you just play faster, but it's about closing the games out. It's about playing well. It's about, Dan, as you mentioned, um, you know, no points in the last on the back end of the game. Yeah, it was 35-34 after 59 minutes, kick and that a, was it. Kick a field goal. Like, you know, get in the spot to have a, have a couple of pots at field goal. You can knock them from 50 metres over there. So just keep the pressure on. But... They are missing something. They're missing, I mean, we saw it in the Bulls a couple of weeks ago. Uh, two plays at the end of the game put them in poor positions in the game, and they end up losing it. So it's incredibly frustrating for uh, for the Waratahs this, this season. All right, well, but, what is, but what is it, Berkey, though? What, what, what are they missing? What, what are the Waratahs missing? Because um, I actually believe myself, I reckon a number 10. You really need mm-hmm. a first-class number 10. Taking nothing away from Berwick Barnes, I'd much rather see Berwick Barnes at 12. I think he can still go into that first receiver position. But um, Bernard Foley, maybe they should be trying him at number 10. Um, but I just think they lack that direction. It was yep. a really big call, I think, when when Kirtley Beale left, and it really caught them um, off guard, the Waratahs, when Kirtley Beale assigned and announced he was going down to the, the Melbourne Rebels. That was a massive loss for the Waratahs because their structure, their structure just seems to be all out this year. And, and I'm sure when the season ends in uh, about six or seven weeks' time, They'll come out and say we'll have a strategic review of the whole, you know, position of players and where it sits. And, and Michael Foley as as coach, they said that yes, he's definitely coaching next year. But I tell you what, the Waratahs fans they deserve something, and they uh, the Waratahs need to start delivering something. It, it's an, it's you're right, Tim. It's a number ten role, and you know, in a way, I don't think the Waratahs have ever had it through the professional era. They haven't had a constant ten to be in that role that you can just say, hey, we can rely upon you to either one get us out of trouble, uh, two put us in the right spot. Uh, also, I, I think you know the, the loss of Phil War. Just the, the understanding of what to do within a couple of minutes to go to say, "Hey, knuckle down, let's let's go." It's always good to have big, strong blokes, but you gotta have the brains to go with it. Well, Ben Robinson uh, spoke to Fox Sports uh, after the game. Here's what he said: "Yeah, very disappointing. I think um, to come out at the start of the half and score quick early tries and, and let those guys back in is very disappointing. I think um, you know we've got a lot to work on." I know your boys are Warriors. It's a disappointing loss, but two bonus points must come for something on the road. Yeah, I think, of course, we would like to come home here with a win, but um, you know, two points is always nice. But um, it's always tough to come here. The Chiefs are a really good side. Um, you know, the, uh, the full packs were nice and strong, and they definitely uh, showed us tonight. So, um, you know, good win for them. It's been a tough old season, um, especially in so far as injuries go, but having someone like Drew back must be great. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a leader inside, Drewy. Um, he pl- provides plenty of enthusiasm, and um, you, know, you definitely feel his presence out there. You guys uh, hit the road uh, tomorrow back home. A tough one against the Hurricanes next week. Yeah, they're a good side. Uh, I think for us, it's, uh, you know, we definitely have to look at tonight and 
you know, uh, look, look at where we went wrong and where we can move forward. But, um, you know, the Hurricanes only you know, seven days away. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I know uh, towards the end there, Beric was uh, sort of dropping back, waiting for that uh, ball for the drop. Was it something that uh, you were looking at? Any three points or any way we could take it would have been nice. Um, but I think, you know, the boys were still working at the 80-minute mark, so um, plenty of credit to the effort, but just, um, you know, we're off in, in a few areas. Ben, hard luck today, mate. Good luck for the rest of the season, and thanks so much for the entertainment. Thanks very much. Right, yes. <laughs> That's a long way to go for entertainment, isn't it? It's a lovely little uh, quiet backhander from the. <laughs> Thanks for entertaining us now, piss off. Um, there is one column the Tars are leading. This is cold comfort. They're leading the bonus point tally. That's because they keep losing by less than seven. <laughs> less, by less than seven. It's interesting that, though, Timmy said there, uh, Ben, there's a lot to work on. I, I, don't, I don't know if there is a lot to work on. I think they're playing a reasonable game. They're just, they're just lacking in that area of being decisive, whether it's around that 10 roll or it's around that finishing of, of games. I mean, the first one, point in case, was, was that first game against Queensland. Um, 30 seconds to go, wrong option, and, uh, and they lose the game. I think it's just manifested itself from that. Yeah, I think just closing a game out, Berkey, but um, that, that'll come. They've got a few more games left now, four games left, so um, the Waratahs fans will be d- demanding something when they get back, and, and they can finish the season reasonably strong. They've got a pretty uh, you know, reasonable draw um, closing out this competition. So, you know, hopefully they can finish strong. But they are, for Australian rugby to be strong, you do need the Waratahs team to be strong. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, the boys are going to have their say, should rugby have an origin game? Queensland versus New South Wales. We'll talk about that next on The Ruck. This is The Ruck. The Ruck, your Sunday morning rugby show. Just recapping those scores from overnight. Reds over the Brumbies, 13-12. Force beat the Lions, 17-11. Tim Horan said it was the best game of the year. Cheetahs 35, <laughs> Waratahs 34. Um, uh, now, now, look, origin time in, in the other code in rugby league, and you see you know, on, in the Herald Sun, front page, back page, the players won AFL, state of origin. And, you know, it seems like, you know, whenever rugby league does this, the showpiece event, other codes go, well, could we do this too? Uh, Matty and Tim, now that, you know, provincial rugby in Australia has got five teams, isn't more relevant than ever to have a Queensland v New South Wales state of origin type concept, Tim. Well, it's it's a potential, but I, I don't think it'll happen. Not probably not in our lifetime, but it's a it's a good opportunity to maybe just review it and see where it sits. I mean, with five franchises now throughout Australia um, and the homegrown talent that's come out of Queensland and also New South Wales, who are the breeding the breeding grounds, as well as now they've got good academies in the Brumbies and also over in the Western Force and. Um, but you, you look at a side, Berkey, I'm not sure what a New South Wales um, state of origin union team would look like, but certainly in Queensland when you've got guys like Rocky Elson, uh, James O'Connor would be back here, David Pocock. Um, you've, you've got a side that, and that's probably because both of those states have produced a lot of the rugby talent over you know the last hundred years, and now it's been dispersed um, out of there. I was actually in Perth on, on Saturday morning and went out to uh, Jundalup Brothers Club and watch the couple of the youngsters play there, the under-13s, under-14s, under-15s. And I tell you what, there's some really good talent over there in, in Perth. And if they can just try and organically grow a few um, players to come through to the Western Force will be uh, is crucial for them. But I'm not sure, Berkey, who'd be in the New South Wales State of Origin Union team if you were to select one. Have you got any players left down there? Have we, <laughs> have we, have we produced them all? Oh, hang on. <laughs> um, I reckon it's great. I reckon, I reckon fill a game. I, I reckon... Um, Put another game on the agenda so they can play uh, 38 games for the year. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it'd be fantastic. I mean, the, the, Timmy, you and I used to play the State of the Origin games, uh, like what uh, what was his name? Uh, Hugh Delahunter said uh, a minute ago. Um, in the early days, and they were, they were big games, more for the fact that you only played four State games a year. 
and you're able yeah. to play a, maybe a one or two. Uh, it was sometimes a one-off, Timmy. Sometimes a three-match series Didn't as well. You played in October or something. Sometimes these it, it, it was it games. was late. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and I remember I remember watching Tim, um, you know, do his stuff in the old days at Concord Oval when he used to play New South Wales, and they were always really. Really good games, really spiteful games as well. Um, there was something in them. Nowadays, because they play so many games, it's tough. But if you could get them in there, um, if you could fit the team in there and, and, and pledge your allegiances, so to speak, that'd be fantastic. Uh, Berkey, I tell you, I tell you what was fun though. Like when uh, and Dan, what what most of the rugby player teams do is the day before they play a game. They play a game of touch football. They have a bit of a team run um, as a group. The captain takes the team run. They play a game of touch football. And most of the time you play a game of touch football, it might be the Catholics versus the rest or it might be backs versus the forwards. Um, so they're always a bit of fun. And you, then occasionally you'd have, you know, the Queensland players versus guys who have come from other states. Uh, but I'll tell you what, one game seriously that I really hope the Australian Rugby Union can, can reignite. I'm not sure whether it's going to happen. I think they're potentially looking at it for next year. The British and Irish Lions, when they came out to Australia in 1989, uh, one of my first games that I sat on the bench for as an 18-year-old was for the Anzac Test match. And it was really the fourth Test match in that um, in that tour. The Lions played three Test matches, and then they played this Anzac Test match where you had players from New Zealand and Australia unite and, and play against um, the British and Irish Lions. It was a sellout crowd at Ballymore. Uh, I think there was only four or maybe five all-black players that could make the time to come across. But uh, that's something that if they could potentially put that fourth pseudo-test match in against mm. the British Lions, an Anzac game, it'd sell out. If you got... You imagine the, getting the likes of the players in New Zealand teaming up with the guys in Australia would be fantastic. How many Wallabies would make that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that, I uh, there'd, be few, that. there'd be a few on the bench, wouldn't there? <laughs> Running the water. Right. Probably be, there'd be probably black jerseys and black shorts and maybe green socks. <laughs> we'll wrap it up after this. It's The Ruck. This is The Ruck. Yes, it's The Ruck. Uh, wrapping it up for another Sunday morning. Uh, Tim Horan, Matty Burke, Dan Ganane. It's an unusual season this year because, uh, you know, we're, we're two-thirds, three-quarters of the way through Super Rugby. And then we go on hiatus for a month to play some international games, which means, uh, uh, Tim and Matt, we've got to come up with a squad. And uh, there's a 40-man squad uh, being picked today, uh, Tim, uh, for the uh, Welsh and uh, Scottish tests. Yeah, the Scottish test uh, in about uh, 10 days' time on uh, June the 5th, I think it is, to Tuesday in Newcastle, of all places. So it's the first time you know the Wallabies have played a test match on a Tuesday night against a... Uh, a massive nation, a first-tier nation. So Scotland, it could be a, a bogey game, and Robbie Deans has said that he won't come out and pick a second-string team. Uh, the, the side on that Tuesday night would be stacked with Queensland and Force players because they're the only teams that have a bye that weekend, so uh, this weekend coming. So uh, it be interesting to see the, some selections. I, I think there might be a bit of a bolter in the 40-man squad. Um, Caden Neville, who uh, a wonderful player, uh, he used to play for Manly the last couple of years, Berkey, I think, in sort of second and third mm. grade, but was an AIS in the AIS rowing uh, squad. So a uh, wonderful rower from Xavier College. And uh, I'm, I'm hearing rumours that he might be selected. So there's a 40-man squad. That'll be reduced over the next uh, week when they get into training camp. But um, he may be a bolt. I think Nathan Sharp as well um, potentially might get... He's got 101 test matches. He might get 102 against Scotland because I'd say with the injury to, to James Horwell, uh, then you've also got injuries to potentially Kirtley Beal when he yeah. came off at half time, and then James O'Connor's not available either. So, Berkey, it might, it might force um, Robbie Deans to look closely at obviously Quade Cooper and, and pushing back a little bit earlier than he would have expected. Yeah, I, I 
I agree with you there, mate. Um, my, my concern is, do, do you just go, do you just use the guys from the, the two buys team, so to speak, as in the guys are having the, the buy this weekend? I think they can't afford to. I think they've got to turn out and, and get the guys who played um, yep. uh, uh, those earlier games, like on the Saturday and the Friday night games. Um, you're right about Kurtley Beale. Um, you know, I, I would have taken Christian Liliafano um, at, the, at the time before he broke his ankle, unfortunately. Uh, it seems to be a bogey number, that number 10 at the moment. Everyone's sort of falling apart. Is is Quade Cooper up to it, though? I thought last night he kicked out in the fuller couple of times. He just seemed a bit hesitant to, to take the ball to contact. And, yeah, and, I mean, he'll, he'll, well, he'll, he'll be in the squad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd, I would you'd be say, pretty filthy if he didn't get in the squad with 40 yeah, men. <laughs> yeah, it's been nearly everyone there. But if you pick the squad with Quade Cooper there, you'd probably... Um, give him a bit more time within the Wallaby camp to get his uh, fitness up and get his game awareness going as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens because when they play against Wales, three test matches against Wales, so the first one's in Brisbane, second one in, in Melbourne, and then the afternoon game, I think about the 23rd of June in Sydney, and it's going to be a cracker. They've brought a really strong team over the Welsh. Mike Phillips, the halfback, is, I believe is probably the best halfback in the world. So that's going to be a great challenge for Wolgenia. Mm. Is Newcastle a rugby town? Forgive my novity if it is, but, I mean, it's working class. It's a union town. League's obviously got the stronghold. Soccer is pretty popular up there uh, or down there, wherever you're from. Is it? Is there a union stronghold there? Mate, there is. Uh, I was up there not long ago. Uh, the Merriweather Carlton Rugby Club is a, is, is a big uh, big outfit up there. They, um, they've got some, they've got players up there, absolutely. And uh, you know, a lot of the... Um, a lot of the all through, all through the Hunter, all through yeah. the Hunter region, Berkey as well. All of the a lot of the old Wallabies came from sort of yeah. You know, I'm talking early, early days when mm. it was country rugby was was really really strong. Uh, it came from that way. So there's a big support group up there, absolutely. Well, they'll certainly they'll know if there is because they're playing a test on a Tuesday night. Mm. They'll see what sort of uh, support they get up there. Anyway, it is time. The segment everyone waits for each and every week. And now, it's time for Australia's favourite radio segment, hosted by Australia's favourite radio man. It's time for Around the Rugby World in 60 seconds. With the one, the only, 80 Test Wallaby, Tim Horan. Over to you, Tim. You're already 15 seconds in, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> He's going to give me a bit more time. Our voiceover man. Well, the big game yesterday was in oh, Twickenham. Really? Harlequins versus Leicester. That was a big final in England. And Harlequins got up 30 to 23. Massive game. Is that right? A sellout <laughs> crowd at Twickenham. 80,000 people. Now, Berkey. Where's this guy getting his information from? <laughs> Berkey, what about this? What about the 2015 qualifiers? The Philippines have shot up. Come on, in world can rankings. someone check that, please? 55 <laughs> places. They're 55 now, sort of, in the world tally. And uh, i tell you what, Matt Guido as well, Berkey, over in France. And uh, he plays for Toulon. <laughs> That'll do me. He's out. He's gone. He's given him. <laughs> A huge thank you to our host, Tim Horan. Catch him at the same time, at the same place, oh, next week. What a great stitch-up. We're you, you know, it feels like, remember the uh, the Water Sports tapes with Billy Birmingham? <laughs> but I think it was Daryl Eastway going, Fellas, fellas, give me a chance, fellas. I was going to say, even Mario Fenix giggling at you. That's it. We've got to go. Thank you, boys. Tony back next week. This is The Rock.